Coming up on tonight's episode, we're debuting a new franchise for the series. It is our summer reading list. We've got a series of books Matt and I want to share with all of you, and we're each going to pick one from the others list to do a deep dive on. It's time to get read on this Up for Debate. This is Up for Debate, episode number 148, recorded May 30th, 2019. The Summer Reading List. That wasn't the right title screen, so all the information I just read is wrong. I'm going to try that again. I forgot to change that. Okay. This Take is two. Up for Debate, episode number 149, recorded June 6th, 2019. The Summer Reading List. There we go. Now we got it. Hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by a man who... It has to be so when he's in the picture. It's Matt Mariani. <laughs> it has to be it so. It has to be so. Nice. I love that reference in last week's episode. I, I love Matt, it. Matt, it's so funny. That one specific, I watched all the Bond trailers, that one for uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service. I literally will quote that line out loud to myself when I'm alone, where I'll just be like, everyone different. Because it just makes <laughs> me laugh. There's just different. something about it that's just weird. Yeah. It must be so when he's in the picture. So emphatic. That's Sweeping what you call vistas. An emphatic emphatic narrator. Oh man. And just just it. the flowery language and yeah. it's so over with a difference. It's it like he's not, he's so excited he's like on the verge of anger. But he's not talking like a it's like someone who just learned English. Like it's not yes, the cadence it's like a, makes an no AI sense. Or something. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, everyone has to be different, so Every one of there them different. Uh, Every Matt, one of them. We are trying something new out here tonight, which I'm very excited about. Uh, I know you are as well. We've done a number of book reviews on the show, a lot of books we've liked, a handful of books we didn't, uh, but it's always a fun adventure. But I thought, Matt, you know, we usually just do one book at a time, but it's summer. Do you, do you read a lot of books during the summer? I do. I try to, at least. I think this is when I try to read um, as many books as I can. This is like, my, I call it my reading vacation. I mean, I read throughout the year, but it's just this is the time where it's a lot easier. Obviously, uh, the nature of the job that I have makes it a lot easier and more conducive to reading in the summer months. So, I think it's also just more enjoyable because it's also the time where you go on vacations and you can bring books with you on vacations anywhere, um, and and especially if you're by the beach or something like that or in a car. Um, speaking of, uh, long car trips, um, that's when you want to get your hands on a, uh, audible subscription. Yes. Audible is our, is our, uh, paid sponsor today. That's right. Uh, if you sign up for audible and you, you type in backslash up for debate, um, Sean and I will get nothing, but, but you guys, you know, you, you'll get a nice, uh, subscription to audible. Yes. No discount though. No discount at no, all. No, you get the standard offer they offer to everybody, but it's a pretty good offer. I think you get like it a is. book free, so it's a good deal. It's pretty solid. You get yeah, your first book is free. If you don't like it, you could always return it. Yeah, cancel at any time. Right cancel at any time, which I have done. There have been times where I bought books by accident or I just didn't enjoy the book for any particular reason, um, narration or content wise, and I'd returned it and got got my credit back that day, right right that exact minute. Um, it's a worthwhile subscription service. I highly recommend it. Couldn't recommend it enough. Audible.com. That's audible.com. A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com slash up for debate. And Matt, you know, fun fact, and we're so going to lose them as sure. a sponsor now, uh, even though they're not a sponsor. Uh, there was a span <laughs> in my life where I got about six free Audible books because I kept putting in different, signing up with new accounts with different email addresses. Oh. 
this sounds like a, a scam. It was just, a scam because that yeah, was the only I, thing they used to confirm you were. They didn't like check any other information. It was just as long as you had a different email address, you could sign up for a new account and get the free book and then just cancel. Wow. Um, Did they fix that? Is that still a thing? I mean, this was like 10 years ago, so I don't know. You'll have to check well, and find out. They are extremely liberal with their return, po- like their returns. They they want they want you to be happy. Well, I mean, their digital purposes. Sense. It doesn't really cost them anything. It no, it's true. It doesn't. It's, so there there have been a lot of times where I've just been like, nope, don't want to, don't really feel like reading that. Return it. Don't really feel like reading that. Return it. But if anything, that's made me love the service even more because it's like, I know I'm 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 a more confident user now. I I don't like sit on my credits because I feel like. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm, if I buy a book, it's wasted. So I better like play conservative. No, I just I buy the I buy the books that look yeah. good, and if I don't, Build I know the that library. I can send them back. Yeah. yeah. Well, as easy as that. I would love Matt. We're gonna start with some traditional written words, but I'd love towards yeah. the end of the episode maybe we'll suggest a couple of uh, of our favorite audio books. Does Does Audible have a slogan? I'm thinking of their slogan now. Is it we we read books so you don't have to? Is that their slogan? I think it's isn't it words for your ears. Words for your ears. Yeah, I think that's what I like what it mine is. better. I like we read books so you don't have to. I just made that up, so I don't know if that's actual their thing. But I like words for your ears. How about we talk while you drive? And Well, actually, that could be our slogan. Yeah, better than our current one. And try not to get in an accident. I mean, according to the website, their slogan is Audible, an Amazon company. <laughs> very good. It's now, very can't, good I don't think you can top that. So. No, I mean, it certainly says a lot unbeatable um it's it's so funny not to get a soft topic here about two hours ago i had an eye exam before the show which requires them shining lots of bright lights in your eyes and putting drops in your eyes so they can then shine more bright lights in your eyes and now that i'm in front of these lights my eyes are throbbing (laughs) it's very unpleasant i don't recommend doing it before we do the show that's a free tip to the kids. Sean, we should do one episode where we both do we both get, just get eye exams and then do the show and just be miserable. But like right after, like immediately after the eye exams. Well, they were like, "Oh, we have a six thirty appointment available." I'm like, "That seems late, but sure, why not?" And uh, yeah, there you nice. go. Do you wear your glasses anymore? Uh, only when I drive. Okay, thank that's, God. That that is. A, I actually got prescription sunglasses and. I wear those quite a bit. Good. But yeah, no, the other, the regular plain old glasses is, is just when I drive. Good. And, and boy, do I need them. So. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. <laughs> yeah. um, Back to reading. Now, I don't have reading glasses. That's okay. not a thing I have yet. I'm sure 10 years from now, I seem to be aging rapidly. Aren't uh, I we have all? a bunch of gray hair, so... Uh, I, I think that it's only a matter of time before the, re- the reading glasses are on their way. They're on the pipe, so... Yep. I have perfect vision, so. Absolutely, you I'm have, sorry. I mean everything not, except not for bragging. except for um, your allergy to poison ivy. Well, and I do have some gray hairs coming in, and the doctor said I have slightly high eye pressure. What is that? So, That's the thing you can have. So your eye is filled with fluid. Mm-hmm. When you have too much fluid in your eye, you have high eye pressure. High eye pressure. Yes. So now I don't have now. Not only do I have to worry about having high blood pressure, 
I also have to worry about high eye pressure. Yes. But if my eye pressure is too high, Sean, how am I going to read all these wonderful <laughs> summer books? I'm I trying to bring to it back. Better. I'm trying to bring it back. That's right. Yeah. You could <laughs> read, or I guess unless we, we end up with an audible subscription, there we're you, just going to keep going in a big circle. I don't think it works big that loop. way. Yeah. I don't think that's a thing. So anyway, very boring, unrelated. Uh, Matt, we've got some books tonight. We we're, do. We're going to share some of our, these are all books we've read and we really enjoy. Yes. And the gimmick is that you're going to give your books, I'm going to give my books, and then we're each of us are going to pick one book from the other person's list, and then at some point in a future date, we're going to do a full deep dive on that particular, on those two books. Okay. And so it'll be our summer of reading, and so not only will we have a bunch of great recommendations today, but we'll even, then you can read them, and we'll go in-depth on a couple of them. So um, I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Do you want to start us with a first book or should I? Uh, I would love to start um, with my first pick. I'm so excited. Now, we haven't told each other what the books are yet, so these will be surprises. No, no um, we haven't. We have not. Um, so the, my, I'll, before I get into the specific books, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the method. Yeah, I definitely. Into, to choosing this book or this list of books. Um, these are all books that I've read very recently. Like in the past year, I would say at most. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is just kind of like my top, really like my top four pick, like right right along the lines, like the mo- the ones that I enjoyed the most, and the ones that I think that Sean Jennings will enjoy the most um, of that list. And um, and we'll get into it. My first pick is uh, a book by the author Michael Crichton. Oh, okay. Right, who you noted author. Remember. Very noted author, the creator of, of, of ER, Park, ER, uh, Andromeda Strain. Uh, yeah, he's based. He's one of the most famous authors out there. He's written written, written mysteries. He he's wrote the Westworld movie. Yeah, Westworld. Oh, Runaway uh, with Tom Selleck. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I haven't. Oh, that's a f- awesome. That's Runaway. one of those just like terrible mid eighties movies where Tom Selleck plays a detective in a world where robots are common. And then all of a sudden the robots are turning on people and the villain is played by kisses, Gene Simmons. It's weird. You've got it. It's a great one. That's my, that's runaway. That's my free tip. That's on my list. Yeah. Anyway, absolutely going to, going to check that out now. Uh, how could he not Gene Simmons? And and uh, he's so weird. Tom Selleck. Um, yeah. So this book is called dragon teeth. It's one of his lesser-known books, but I really enjoyed it uh, after reading it. It's um, set in the in the late 1800s, like the late 19th century, uh, in the kind of the um, the days of really early paleontology, when like di- digging up dinosaur bones was starting to become like a thing that people were doing. Uh, it is centered around a character from philadelphia i think is the main character um and it's his adventure like he ends up going out west and not to give away too much of the plot but he gets involved with you know paleontology and dinosaurs think jurassic park sort of Mm -hmm. but like if you took out the if you made like it all set in the wild west it's like it's kind of like it's kind of like a marriage between Jurassic Park and Westworld in a lot of ways. 
it's it's a it's a it's a ni- nice read. It's an interesting read. Um, I wanted to do a Crichton book. This happened to be the most recent Crichton book that I've read. Um, if if you wanted to cheat a little bit on this and 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 substitute this one out for another book that I read by Michael Crichton called um, Blood, what is it? No, Pirate Latitudes. It was his Pirate very Latitudes. last book. Yep, that was another tremendous book I read by him. Um, really awesome book about pirates. And oh, I think either one stand up really well uh, as that Crichton-esque adventure uh, book. So that's my first pick, Dragon Teeth by Michael Crichton or now, Pirate Latitudes by Michael Crichton. Now, have you read a lot of Crichton overall? Yes, I, th- I think I have. I, I haven't – I feel like I've read so much but I haven't scratched the surface. Like I've, I've, read, the, I've read all the Jurassic Park books, Andromeda Strain, uh, Westworld, uh, – this one I read um, what was the one Sphere. Sphere was really good. I recommend yep. checking out Sphere. Eighty seven um, Sphere. That was another one that they made a they made a interesting eighties movie out of. Uh, yeah, Sphere was pretty cool. Now, if um, you oh mi- the one where they go back into timeline where timeline nineteen ninety nine timeline read that one too. Yeah, so I, I've read a good bit of Crichton. Now I've never read Crichton. Oh. I don't read a lot of fiction in general. Uh, how would you describe a Crichton-type book to someone who's never read them? The the sort of the style in which he writes. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. I picture it like if I was reading a journal from a really, really smart scientist who was trying to explain things as simply as he can. But he's also a really smart scientist, so he has sometimes maybe a hard time putting things in layman's terms. But it's uh, – every every one of Crichton's books is different. Like that's just the overall theme. It's just sure. that Michael Crichton is a really, really, really smart dude. So he puts things – he makes things very – sound very scientifically, scientifically worded. But, I mean, if you read like his um, the Great Train Robbery book – like he writes that book very different from how he wrote Jurassic Park, and not not every one of his books are the same. So that's what I would say. It's it's a uh, it's he always throws in a, a good amount of science and like tech stuff mm-hmm. to make whatever he's explaining seem very plausible, even when it's totally not. So he he does a good job of uh, I guess BSing his uh, his audience in that way. Neat. But yeah, it, it, his stories are always exciting. Like I'm always engaged with with what's going on. So I wish he was a little bit better at developing characters, like like a Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. Like if he if he could like figure that part of the equation out, because his, his worlds are always great. Does a great job of world building. His plots are always really interesting, and he's always got twists and stuff throughout the narrative. But if he could just figure out character integration a little bit better. I think he'd be he'd be a top. He'd be like, I mean, he's already on the top of, the, of most people's list. But oh, sure, he's got to be. I'm going to see if the stats are here. His books have sold over 200 million copies worldwide, and over a dozen have been adapted into films. Yeah. So what I'm going to say is, you know, th- this might be the only the only one I say. This is going to definitely going to be the only one I say this for on the list. Um, Dragon Teeth is the book that I recommended. I didn't know that you had never read a Crichton before. Yeah. If you if you read anything that has been written by Michael Crichton, uh-huh. 
I, I, I don't think you can go wrong. I haven't, I haven't gone wrong yet okay. with anything that I've read by him. So anything by Michael Crichton well, an, is my top, is my like first suggestion. It's, it's an interesting, because uh, again, I've got to pick one of these books. Right, um, right. And that's an interesting selling point as Crichton is such a, a well-noted author um, that I've never stepped foot into. And as I said, I don't read a lot of fiction. So it's a, a good opportunity to um, to give that a shot and mix it up a little bit. I will point out, Matt, fun fact. I don't even know if you know this. Dragon Teeth. Uh, the rights were purchased by uh, National Geographic to be turned into a miniseries. Really? Yes. Is that uh, is that like coming out soon? Um, Intriguing. I don't know. Um, they've got folks attached to do it. It's being uh, it's with Amblin Television, which is Steven Spielberg's um, television arm. Um, but I don't. I don't so this see might any be a updates. It might might be kind of dead in the water for all I know, but um, there hasn't been any news on it. I thought this one was really recently. good. I, I think you. I think you'll get into this one. Okay. Um, I think Dragon Teeth is is a good choice for you. Uh, you know, to 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 get into crack into Crichton. Um, Sphere was also very good too. If you if you want to check out Sphere, and Sphere might be a little bit shorter, but. Eddie, that, those are the two. Dragon Teeth or Sphere, I would say. Cool. So check it out. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Good Good first pick. Um, I'll give my first pick, Matt. And, and how I approach this, a little bit different from you. As I said, I've got three nonfiction, one fiction. And I wanted to make sure all of the books were on wildly different subjects. I didn't really want there to be a, a theme. But these are all books I've read at least more than one times. Books that... I were page turners and I couldn't put down in books that tell stories well. And so my first book, I rated my bookshelf, so I actually have it here. Um, my first book, uh, 2013, uh, written by ESPN reporters Mark uh, Finarawada and Steve Finarau brothers, uh, who work for ESPN. Uh, it was originally part of a documentary uh, uh, produced by Frontline Broadcast on PBS. It is League of Denial. Um, the story of the concussion crisis in the NFL. Matt, have you have you read this one? I have not read it. I've he- actually heard of this book. This is um, probably the most well known of the books I've chosen. Yeah, yeah. This this one um, is is all about the con- yeah, like you mentioned, concussion protocol, right, for the NFL and like. Uh, yeah, it's it's what I like about the book is it tells yeah. a couple. I like books that tell multiple stories at the same time, which is uh, Devil in the White City is a great example of that. Sure. Um, and this book does a good job because it it tells simultaneously the story of NFL players who played in the '60s and '70s and are now dealing with quite honestly horrific situations. Specifically, the story of Mike Webster, which is kind of the biggest player story in here. I mean, it's literally one of the worst stories I've ever heard. It's terrible, uh, but it balances that by also looking at the scientists and how they first discovered CTE and how the scientists fought between each other for who gets credit for the discovery and how do you get the only way to find out is after a player's died looking in their brain. How do you get those brains? It's literally a fight for brains. It's crazy when you think about it. And it tells the story on the NFL side. How how early did they know this was an issue? What did they do to hide it? What are they doing now to try and fix it? Um and it really is a page turner, and it is one of the more shocking books I've read. Legit, I don't read a lot of books where I don't kind of understand the general idea of it, but there is stuff in here that will have your jaw on the floor. 
Um, and it's written very well. So this was a book I enjoyed a lot when I read it. Um, Mark and Steve actually did, or one of them, not both. Is it Mark who did? Um, yeah, he also wrote the book, which I also recommend. If you like this book, he wrote a book called Game of Shadows, um, another kind of sports scandal book. It's all about Barry Bonds and the steroid scandal and how Bonds got the steroids and, and the sort of the history of steroids and, and the, the black market around them. And that's also a great book as well. So, and the documentary for League of Denial is also really awesome. Uh, even if you're like listening to this and you're like, I'm not going to read the book. I think it's like for free on YouTube or on Netflix, the frontline documentary. And it's heavily based on the book and does a really nice job. The book was also, by the way, I think unofficially because they didn't really license it, but this was the basis for the Will Smith movie, Concussion, um, where he played the doctor heavily featured in this book. Uh, so it's kind yes. of become this big story. Uh, but this was the book that started it all. So um, I think, and it's not, you know, it's wordy, but it's a quick read. I mean, you get through it. I got through it pretty quick. So um, that that's what me. When did the book come out? 2013. Okay. So not super old. Um, and that's, I think, one thing you do miss a little bit is that it doesn't delve into what the NFL has done since the book came out, unfortunately. So it kind of ends with the NFL looking like real shitheads. And while they are still kind of that, at least they're trying. Concussions are down, you know, it's that kind of stuff. So it ends a little one-sided, but it gets the message across. Okay. Okay. So um, that that one's very interesting. I think that's... Uh, like I said, I have heard of that book before. It's um, definitely one that is kind of in the public consciousness. Uh, do, so do they, um, toward the end of the book, do they present any kind of um, like long-term solutions for this? Or are those are just more about, it's more about explaining the... It's more about the story. The it's, story. It's okay. not, it's just science-y enough to like you know, explain what CTE is on a base level and how hard it is to detect. But it really doesn't, it's really not a prescriptive type book. It's more about the people in the story, the commissioner of the NFL, the doctor, um, crap, what's the main doctor in the book? I can't think of his name. The one that Will Smith played in the movie, the players. It's really more of a personal story. It's written in that sort of vein, more so than the science and that kind of stuff. Hmm. Okay. All right, very nice. Bennett I think that's, uh, Omalu is the doctor. Sorry. What's the doctor's name? Bennett Omalu, which is... Dr. Um, Bennett Omalu. But then it was like, again, I don't want to give away too much of the book, but then the NFL gave... He was like the first guy to really do it and gained prominence, but then the NFL gave their like donation money to a different doctor at another hospital, which caused a rift, and it's it was like a whole infighting thing with the community. So there are so many different angles to the story. All right, so it's a it's a multifaceted kind of what now the the person who wrote it yes um, the author of the book was a uh, w w how how was he the one who kind of cracked this open so to speak like he he discovered this like this this problem or was this was this a known problem that he was like you know what I I have to get this out and I got to write about this like. Yeah, certainly didn't break any of the news. I mean, this, you know, I, this has been going there around any, I, would, I wouldn't say long. there were any like real secrets he sort of revealed um, okay. that hadn't been public. He just sort of collated them into a single narrative uh, that was a lot more captivating than numbers on a page was probably the best thing the authors did um, in this book. Okay. 
I, I especially I'm really interested at the uh, the personal stories. Yeah, the players. Like the personal, I got. Player, I got to tell you, certain side of it. You would not believe these player stories if you didn't read them, and and I I really don't want to give anything away on them because they kind of reveal as the book goes on, which is neat. They don't kind of dump it all at once, but it's like just some of the, you know these players who were f- f- completely famous at their time, and they're just now in these situations where. You know, and they commit suicide. I mean, it's really it's it's really terrible. And that's what grabs you in the story, because CTE is just three letters. You know, these doctors are just talking about chemicals in the brain. But this book does a really good job of connecting it to the people on all sides. Okay. All right. So that book that was um, the the League of League of Denial. Denial. That's what it yep. was. League of Denial. League I almost of denial. said League of Shadows, but I, think, I <laughs> well, feel like uh, that... Game of Shadows was the yes. Barry Bonds book, which Game is also of Shad- right. If you, again, if you do like this book and you have any interest in kind of going outside of it, I have that book as well, and it's a good read. It's cool. shorter. It's a lot shorter than this one, but it's a good read. All right. Um, All right. So that is my book so, number one. What do you got next, Matt? So number two. Um, so I started with with fiction. So I'm I'm going to turn over now to a um, a nonfiction one. Actually, some might some might refer to this as kind of like a self help kind of book. Okay, uh, interesting. That's the cat the category you would probably find. Is it this. is it chicken soup for the soul? Uh, it's actually um, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. So <laughs> that would be very funny. Well, <laughs> actually, would be yeah. If if I were more confident, you would pick that. Have one. you heard of a man called Tony Robbins? Yes, you know, it will change it will change your life. And here's how. Um the book is called Um Why We Sleep. Oh, I've had many people recommend this to me. Yeah, Why We Sleep: Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams by uh Dr. Matthew Walker. So, this is one of the ones I admit um I I listen to as an audiobook uh using my subscription to audible.com/up for debate. Um, Slash up for debate. You can you can choose this one as your as your first free uh, your free pick uh, if you if you'd like to. I thought the narrator did an excellent job. Um, I, I highly recommended this book to many people. Um, but this book, I like. I haven't read too many self help books, mm-hmm. and this book actually made me want to read more self help books. That that's how that's how really kind of life changing this book was. Uh, I I read it this past year, um, this past fall, and I, I I love the actually I love the audio version so much that I bought a hard copy. Wow! Um, I ended up giving it to my mom, but I, so I don't have it here. But I, I I ended up buying the hard copy just so I could like go through and annotate it, and I've never done that before. I've never owned an audio and hard copy. I also have I also bought the um, the crib notes um, on Kindle. Wow. They're, they're like the crib notes were like three bucks, so I, I bought the crib notes there too. So I've got all kinds of um, like little little cheat sheet ways uh, to to go through the data of this book because it is very data heavy. I will say that it's very data heavy, which is partially why it was kind of difficult to to pull off as an audio book. Narrator did a fantastic job, regardless. But um, yeah, so the uh, why we sleep study of 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 um, the Science of Sleep and Dreams, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams, uh, is a book written by a sleep scientist, Dr. Matthew Walker. Um, he has studied he studied psychology with a focus in sleep sciences for many years. Um, PhD, I think at Harvard or one of those like really – I think it was Harvard. 
um, or UCLA, maybe something like that. Mm -hmm. He's a, a, a brilliant, brilliant scientist. He really goes into the depth of, I mean, he, he starts off by saying that, you know, no, this is not exact because no one knows for sure why these things occur, but here are our best possible guesses, um, as to why we sleep, why we dream. He breaks the book down very cogently into part one, which focuses mostly on why we sleep, the reasons that we sleep and why we dream. Um, and part two, which is the consequences of lack of sleep and, and, and how that's contributing to, um, on a micro level, you know, all sorts of health issues, health issues that you may, you may, may have never even like correlated. Like I, I never correlated the, um, like there's a, there's an actual direct connection between not sleeping or, or lack of sleep and things like heart disease, diabetes, uh, overeating, uh, stress, anxiety, oh, yeah. all, 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 all manner of things, poor driving, uh, one of the one of the wild statistics is that uh, he said it, if you um, if you if you got less than six hours of sleep and you operate a vehicle, it's just like consuming one to two beverages of alcohol, mm -hmm. something like that. It's like yeah, the effects are similar. Wild, yeah, yeah, something like yeah, maybe it was less than five hours of sleep, something like that. Just very interesting, really. It, it like he just kind of keeps throwing interesting facts at like at you about um, about uh, about the nature of sleep. Now, part that's part two is is con the consequences of lack of sleep. Part three is more of a macro level of how we deal with it as a society. Like, how can society change, and how can you, like little ways that you can change to get a better night's sleep. So it really was a was a great help. I actually followed it for a little while. I, I, I say that I, I'd like to follow it more closely, but but one of the points he does make is that lifestyle changes are necessary in order to to get better night's sleep. But once once you make those adjustments and once you actually do get more sleep at night, there like all manner of things start to change in your day to day existence, which. I actually found that it, for for like the week or two period where I very closely followed Dr. Walker's advice, I felt I felt better. I felt more energetic. Um, I felt happier. I guess uh, I I I, ch I make I made better choices when when I when I ate uh, all kinds of things. It very really kind of brought in my mind. I, I'd like to get back on a on a more normal sleep schedule, uh, but until I do. I recommend picking up this book, um, the uh, science of sleep, or why I keep calling it the science of sleep. It's why we sleep, unlocking the power of sleep in dreams. Yep, by Matthew Walker. I, uh, yeah, yeah. This is really. I got to tell you, Matt. This is really interesting to me uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I don't usually read super. Uh, when I read nonfiction, for me, it's mostly story-driven nonfiction. I very rarely do research-heavy. Fiction. I think the last book I tried like that, Dan Miller was gushing about um, a book, the history of debt, and he was saying what an, it goes traces debt all the way back to when trading was first invented and brings it up to the modern age. And I got like twenty pages in, and I'm like, I, <laughs> there's way too much research going on here. I can't follow this. But I've always wanted to get back into that genre, and I we I don't think we've really talked about it on this show too much. I've talked about it on Don't Panic. I don't sleep good. Uh, I am in a, these bags under my eyes are not 
cosmetic there as a result of not sleeping great. Um, I actually just bought a new mattress in the hope of helping me out with that. So the specific topic of this book is very intriguing to me. Um, and I think something I could use, um, and I'm very sensitive about sleep and how much I get. And I, I'm with you, Matt. I, the difference for me personally between six hours and eight hours of sleep is the Grand Canyon gap. It, oh, it's, yeah. I feel it, you know, and so anything to to learn about that and improve it. I think sleep is one of those things in our society that somehow in 2019 is still wildly. I don't want to say misunderstood because it's it's just not understood, period. Yeah, I mean, that's that's absolutely one of the points that Dr. Walker makes in the book is that as a society, like, as a society, we are choosing to neglect sleep for other things, mostly work-related, sometimes family-related or, or private life-related. But mostly the majority of reasons we neglect sleep is work-related reasons, right? You're up yep. late finishing that, that report uh, for your boss or you're getting things together for your meeting tomorrow or you just – you. Uh, the most common reason, which I can absolutely relate to, was I got home late from work and I felt like I didn't have enough – I, I didn't have enough me time. I didn't yeah. have enough downtime. So I stay up late watching the TV. I stay up late on YouTube, playing on my phone, whatever. And I, ne I neglect sleep as a result. And and then the next morning, it's a it's a vicious cycle that is very easy to fall back into. Yep. Um, but what what Doctor Walker says is that it, that one night where you neglect the sleep, you know, the one night where you where you just you you just go ahead and say, I'm not going to neg neglect sleep tonight. I'm going to just go right to bed at eight o'clock, eight thirty, whatever. And and he says you owe it to yourself to to at least try that, and then wake up the next morning feeling better, and then you can get through your work faster, so you can come home earlier or what have you. So, um, his, I, his societal changes to me were what was uh, really interesting, and I'll let you if you choose to read the book, I'll let you figure those out for yourself. But a lot of those really kind of spoke to me. Um, be having a job where I have to wake up at 5 a.m. Yep. to go in every day. Um, it, it very was it was very much interesting about the the changes that he would make to on the macro scale. So it's, it's, this sounds a little reading rainbow at this point, but you don't have to take <laughs> our word for it. Um, right. Did I tell you I videotaped myself sleeping? No, was this for a sleep study or just your own private? It was my own sleep collection. study, but okay. I I took one of my night vision security cameras, I put it up in my bedroom, and I put on a time lapse and I watched myself sleep. Turns out the reason I don't sleep great is because I do like friggin' three sixty somersaults. All I literally I will end up at some point in the night being side like doing a ninety degree turn and being the wrong way. Wow! On the bed, I'm an aggressive mover. Mm. So yeah, I need some help. Maybe this book will help me. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of reasons why people don't get enough sleep yep. and it's restless complex. leg syndrome, sleep apnea, insomnia. Yep. Like, there's tons of uh, of yep. reasons he brings up. He says even doing something as simple as setting your house to be oh, three degrees cooler, yeah, yep. can can help your body uh, sleep better. Well, I love the science so. of it because I'm always experimenting with sleep and stuff. So, all right, well, why we sleep. Matthew Walker, who knows, maybe we'll pick it to do on the show, but if not, you can always go and read it yourself. Um, all right, Matt, I'm going to jump in with my next book. It's another nonfiction entry, probably the most obscure book of the ones I'm going to present tonight. It does not even have a Wikipedia page, um, and nobody's ever heard of it. But I like it because, and you know this, Matt, and we've talked about it on the show too, You know, we each have our sort of weird sections of history we're really interested in. I think our XFL was kind of a good example of that, like, 
something about that just really fascinates me. And it's true in a lot of things, but one area of history that I love, I have a lot of books on and I've done a lot of reading on is the dot-com bubble of the late 90s, early 2000s. When the stocks were out of control, pets.com and all these pop-up companies that blew up and then completely imploded and the excesses of that and everyone just going crazy. I just, that fascinates me. And there are a ton of books on the subject and I could, if anyone's interested, send us an email and I'll give you a whole list of books you can read. But one particular book on the topic I really enjoy, again, because of the story it is, Dot Bomb, uh, uh, I uh, I forget what the my days and nights at an internet Goliath by J David Quo. Um, you can see the book right there. It's a Good Morning America. Read this pick, but it was like the, I think that's like from 15 years ago. Uh, and it tells the story of uh, well, it's written by J David Quo, who was the senior vice president of communications at a company called Value America, which I guarantee you've never heard of. Can't say that I have. And the reason for that is because it doesn't exist anymore. But while it did exist, um, it at one point was valued at $2.4 billion. After going public in 1999, it was backed by Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen and FedEx co-founder Frederick W. Smith. Uh, it was founded by an absolute lunatic called Craig Wynne, who first bankrupted his father's company, then started Value America, which he then drove into the ground. And now he's... Um, I actually just found this out tonight while I was Googling this. It's obviously not in the book, but he's an anti-Islamic um, kind of zealot type guy who says, uh, you know, Islam is the cause for terrorism and all this nonsense. So he's just a bad guy. Uh, <laughs> but this book is is interesting to me because wow. Jay David, That's a good turn. Well, he works in communications. He knows how to write a good story. And he was there from the start of the company all the way through and and discusses the lead up, all the excitement around it, the early signs things weren't working right from an insider's perspective. And at, at points, it's really funny because you're like, there's no way that happened. That can't be a real thing. And then he keeps leaving these hints of like why the business model, not to get too much into it, but Value America, their whole gimmick was get rid of distributors in the middleman, Matt. You could go online, place an order for a gas grill, and the order would go straight to Weber or whoever the yeah. grill manufacturer was, they'd mail it right to you and you'd save money because it's not going to Amazon or to a third party. Unsurprisingly, it didn't work. Um, and it, the way it's written, it kind of explains why that didn't work and it leaves hints throughout. And it just tells a fun story of, it's just a small sliver of what was going on at the time, but it's a great, you know, private jets and masseuses and all this kind of crazy stuff that happened as the company was losing money. Uh, it went out of business on two th uh, August 11th, 2000, um, a little over a year after going public. So it's just a fun book. It's, it's, a, it's a relatively short read. I mean, it's not a giant book, but it, if you know nothing of this time in American history, I think this is a very good snapshot of that. Um, and it is very fast. I love books about excess um, to some degree, and that's actually my next book pick dives into that a little bit, but Dot Bomb is the book. Um, so the who is the author? J. David Quo. J. David Quo. Okay. Yes. I'm just looking at Amazon. D O T B O B O M B. It's still in print. Um, yes. You you can still okay. get it. Very cool. Yeah, I found it. Um, this is an interesting one. The 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 very first uh, what this makes me think of right off the bat. Uh, it makes me think of um. The yeah, like I mean, like you said, the the XFL book uh, definitely 
Uh, but it also makes me think a little bit of uh, of um, Console Wars, the yes. other the other uh, of, of, of excellent book club books. Um, in that it the the way that the narratives it pre- presents itself, I think it's it's like a lot of the times it's 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 not what the story you tell is, it's it's how you tell the story. So I think that making it entertaining is is definitely a plus. So uh, this is this is what kind of speaks to me yeah yeah well and it's it's relatable you read this and it's like yeah i could imagine working there you know i totally believe that something could happen in a, in a company like that um and he tells it in a way where it's like yeah i didn't think things were bad but i started noticing things and this wasn't making sense and you know in that sort of manner and he takes you along for the journey it's two bucks on kindle yeah, it's it's like I said, it's not the most famous book you've ever heard of. Um, ah. It's only got forty six reviews on Amazon, so um, it might be. And like, it's not big either, so no, you'll, could be you'll get through it quick. It could be. Yeah. Um, and it's a book I've read several times, so uh, it's just a fun story um, that I enjoyed. So just on a little different. Okay. Looks good. All right. Um, What's next? So, Sean, my next pick here is. Uh, Going back to, uh, going back to the, um, hmm, which one do I want to do here? I got to pick one or the other. Uh, all right. I'll go to, I'll go this route. Okay. So we're going back to the nonfiction books. Okay. We're going to, um, a different part of the, uh, of the spectrum here a little bit. It, this one is, is a tried and true history book. Oh, great. Uh, it is one of the more interesting history books I've read in a, quite a while. Uh, the book is called Gotham and it is by Edwin Burris. It is, um, let's see if we can get a, if we can get a good image here. The book is called Gotham. A history of New York City. Yes, the history of New York City. Um, the so it's the history of New York City until the there the year eighteen forty five, right? Eighteen ninety eight. Eighteen ninety eight. That's what this says. This is why I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get the uh, full. Image. That's what Amazon says anyway. We yes, here we go. Eighteen ninety eight. Sorry, we got Gotham: A History of New York City to eighteen ninety eight. It's um. It has a sequel called Greater Gotham, which is 1898 to 1919. So that, that's, that's kind of like the later story. Uh, it centers around the history of New York City uh, between these uh, like turbulent times, I guess, these, these like early times. It's early, early stages. Uh, the description on Amazon, it says, to, to European explorers, it was Eden, a paradise of waist-high grasses, towering stands of walnut, maple, chestnut, and oak and forests that teemed with bears, wolves, raccoons, beavers, otters, and foxes. Today, it is the site of Broadway, Wall Street, the Empire State Building, and the Statue of Liberty, home of millions of people who have come from every corner of the nation and the globe. So, essentially, it is exactly what the narrative says, but think of of all of that, but in incredible detail. Like, this book is, I will say, very dense. Matt, it's It's 1,200 pages. How did you how did you find that out, Sean? 
I guessed. I'm a smart guy. No, I opened the uh, <laughs> I opened the preview of the book on Amazon and looked uh, in the table of contents. Smart. So you're too smart for me, Sean. If you include all the pages, it's it's nearly 1,400. You're yeah, you got me. I I, I was expecting you to order this book and then it was going to come in the mail and you're going to be like, oh, but I have to read it now. <laughs> so mad. It is, Sean, it's a massive book. I get I I would go get it, but I, I have it in the other room and I didn't. Well, yeah, I don't want you to hurt yourself carrying it into the other room it up here. It is a massive book, but it is it is just chock full of detail. This is a history ass history book. We could do several I, episodes I on it. this. I love this book. It, it's it's got it's just got so much on every page. Uh and I'm pr- I, I haven't honestly I haven't finished reading this book and I don't think I will before <laughs> retirement. So I was just I just kind of wanted you to share in my in my uh my nightmare slash dream because this book is amazing uh if 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 the page size intimidates you i guess there's no abridged version so too bad i want to see how i want to see how long the audio there's an audio book oh i i uh i looked at that that is uh it's 67 hours that's crazy yes it is uh it's like Two and a half days worth of, of audio listening. Stop listening. Holy shit. <laughs> you can actually get the book on CD. That's how that's how massive it is. You would you would need you like buy the audio CD. You need a whole spindle of them to get through it. Yes. Jeez. You can listen to the to the audio CD. So um yeah, look at that jump in price. Twenty five bucks for the paperback, seventy two for the for the hardcover edition. So um I think it's well worth it, but again, it is a history ass history book. So, well, if um, if it intim- the page size intimidates you, then I don't know. But I'm trying to think of the largest book I've ever read, cover to cover. I have a book. I'll have to double check um, exactly the length. But um, I ac- I accidentally bought this book and then got on an airplane. 768 pages. A powerhouse, the untold story of Hollywood's creative arts agency, which is a good book, but I accidentally bought it to take on a trip, and that was a mistake. That's like the least convenient. And when I showed up, I'm like, God damn it, (laughs) too big. Uh, No, Matt, this is I'm. I gotta tell you, you're picking books right on topics I'm very interested in because I don't know a lot about this, and it seems like it would be very interesting. Um, And these are the types of books I normally read, so uh, I am definitely intrigued. The size doesn't necessarily scare me. But I'm like you, where I will definitely need a while to get through it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, so to get that into account um, before you uh, you pick it up, it's it's an interesting one. It's um, I'm having fun with it. So awesome, Gotham. Yeah, it it is a quick read to a certain degree. It might not be as as a as fun a read as Console Wars or anything like that, but. Well, it's more of it's, a straight history book. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. It is just for the history lovers out there, and and it is a topic that is very fascinating. Not a lot of people give a lot of credence to uh, the rise of of New York City in the in the like pre-industrial world. So, I wonder how many of these stuff. he's going to do. Well, he's up to what nineteen nineteen twelve. But but on 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 Amazon it says the history of NYC series. Yeah, so I think he'd probably do one more. I and would this say one, 1920 to modern day. Well, Greater Gotham came out in 2017. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely more time for him to keep doing these little sections. 
Yeah, this one, Gotham, was published in 2000, so. Yeah, so, I mean, it's only 20 years he covered in the latest book. Right. How many pages is that? That's 1,196 pages, Matt! <laughs> that's 10 years! Sean, what the that's hell? A long, that's a long time. This dude's got to, like... A big, that was a big, that was 20 years. Is he, is he paid by the word? Maybe. Unreal. Possibly. Anyway. But. I mean, the, 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 these kinds of books are, are the books that anyone who goes on to write other books about New York City will reference. That's that's just the nature of these books. They're tomes, like tomes. But winner of the Pulitzer Prize. Keep that in mind. It's right on the cover. I'm, I'm jazzed. I think that's a great pick. So there we go. Gotham. Check it out. All right. Uh, Matt, my next one, it is, I'm going to leave my fiction to last. So it's another nonfiction. This is probably my favorite book out of these four. I've mentioned it several times on this show as a book we should consider doing. So it will not surprise you. A book I liked so much that I originally bought the Kindle version and liked it so much, I went and bought the paperback so I could have it on my shelf because I've read it more than once. It is Bill Bryson's One Summer America 1927. Um, I don't know if you remember me gushing about this book on the show in the past. Yeah, I do. I do remember you bringing it up. Yeah. Um, I think this is, is A, it's very well related to your New York City book because a lot of this book takes place in New York City. Um, and it's a great sort of history. 1927, I feel like, is one of those history times nobody really talks about because it's like late Roaring Twenties. We're approaching the Depression. It, You know, it's just like, there was a lot of stuff going on. And what's again, talk about books that tell great stories. This book tells like a dozen different stories. It hops all around. Cause it's just about one summer, the summer of 1927, when so much went on, it covers everything from uh, the first nonstop transatlantic flight by Charles Lindbergh, the great Mississippi flood, Babe Ruth and the 27 Yankees, the move from the model T to the model a, uh, the advent of talking pictures and the release of the jazz singer, the presidency of Calvin Coolidge, uh, the, the uh, Charles, po Charles Ponzi's scheme being broken up, Daredevil flying, all sorts of um, all sorts of interesting things. It's really focused on the people and the themes of of moving from the Roaring Twenties into the looming Great Depression, which is sort of how the book ends. Um, is very interesting, um, and Bill Bryson is a well-researched author, but he does tell stories in ways where you just say, wow, 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 you know, where you're constant, it's always heightening and about how exciting everything is. Um, even the things that aren't particularly exciting. So, uh, I would definitely recommend this for anyone who doesn't know a lot about this time. I didn't, I never thought about these things. Um, and, and to tell sort of the chronological history of this one summer, it's just such an interesting topic for a book. I love books that look at hyper specific moments in history. Maybe that's why Gotham scares me a little bit. Cause it's so broad, but you know, if you're looking at one year of something or one season of something or something really specific, those are books I like. And this is a fantastic example of that. Um, and you can reread it several times and you'll get something different out of it every time. Because it's dense in terms of just the amount of stuff that happens in it. So that's my pick here from 2013, uh, the great Bill Bryson, who's written a number of uh, excellent books, none of which I've read, but I'm told they're very good. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's at first glance, 1927 just seems like a completely random year. But wow, what a wild... Uh... What a wild year it was. You had Charles Lindbergh's 
successful flight across the Atlantic, flooding of the Mississippi River, Babe Ruth 60 home run season. Yep. Yeah, just the Lindbergh stuff is really interesting, and that's like 10% of the book. Yeah. And Calvin Coolidge, what a weird guy. I who knows anything about Calvin Coolidge? Yeah. And this book gets into like very specific because it's a lot of anecdotes is what it is. And so you get these little glimpses of life at the time, even just, you know, at the advent of air conditioning, um, not in people's homes, but in things like movie theaters and in opera houses and things like that. And how that changed the summer of 1927. You know, it's little things like that. Yeah. I'm, re- I'm looking at Bill Bryson's other stuff here. I'm excited. I just read his next book, which comes out uh, this October, is called The Body, A Guide for Occupants, and it's all about the human body. And I'm, if it's like that, I'm very excited. I actually yeah, he seems this. like just a, a really interesting trivia trivia guy. It's yeah. Like all sorts really... of, of l- lesser known facts about things. Let me pull up. There's another author. I'll give you a free tip on this one there's another author who is very similar um that i really i have to log into my damn amazon account to look but um what's his the problem is it's either ron johnson or john ronson (laughs) and i'm gonna get it wrong because i've done it numerous times is is there someone really called named john ronson is that a name that I someone can have? I think it's John Ronson. Yes. John okay. Ron- Is it actually John Ronson? It's actually wow. John Ronson. And I, okay. I do have a habit of calling him Ron Johnson. Yes. Um, I so badly want him to be I, I can see Johnson. where people would get confused. Uh, who is another great author in these like narrow, interesting stories. Um, I've read Them which is a book all about uh, extremists and conspiracy theorists. And he actually gets in, in involved with them. And there's an awesome story with him. And um, who's the InfoWars guy? Oh, um, that would be the infamous um, Jones, Alex Jones. Alex Jones. He actually, yeah. he actually like goes with Alex Jones to where they think a secret meeting of the Bilderberg group, which I won't get into, but that's a big conspiracy thing. They actually like go to the mansion where it's being held and try and like break in and spy on them. Like he gets in. Um, he, he, it's the guy who wrote the men who stare at goats. The, the, oh. that was turned into the movie. Um, uh, the psychopath test is another great one of him where he looks at what is being a psycho, a psychopath. How, how what are those people like the people who are so crazy? We don't understand them. Um, and recently, So You've Been Publicly Shamed, which is all about our sort of internet culture of publicly shaming people and what's happened to the people that have been shamed. So uh, he's another great author. If you if you like Bill Bryson, you'll like him as well. Okay. Two authors for the price of one. Yeah. So that's a, that's a solid pick. I would definitely, uh, anyone who likes what we do here on the show, you're going to like this book. Um, Matt, what's your fourth and final pick this evening? Sean, my uh, fourth and final pick of the evening is um, a quite honestly, my favorite might be my favorite book on this list might rank up there surprisingly as one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, It is a fiction book. Okay. Uh, It is a, um, Surreal fiction book out of Japan, of all places. 
Interesting. You've got my attention. It's um, a book by the the uh, the author Haruki Murakami, who is uh, has has become kind of a sensation. Uh, it's called the Wind Up Bird Chronicle. Okay. By, by Haruki Murakami. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a journey. It's it's a trip. This book. It's uh. The the only way to to describe this book, and I guess the way that you would describe um, most of Murakami's work, is that it's pretty much a dream in novel form. It's like it's like Alice in Wonderland meets uh, meets uh, 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 Finnegan's Wake or Il- Il- Ulysses meets Ulysses. It's 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 um, Basically, the whole the, the the book takes place in a Tokyo suburb during like uh, the span of several weeks in in, in the summertime, uh, and it blends Murakami's li- real life experiences of living in post World War II Japan with um, a detective story and uh, a, just a bunch of really interesting characters that spring up and act very just otherworldly. Um, I, I, there's not really too much I can say about this book. It's really a book that has to be, has to be experienced and, and has to be, has to be read. I, I, I recommend maybe reading the demo on or the sample on Amazon and, uh, just starting there. It's, it's a pretty, it's an out there book. Um, and I don't, this is a risky book. I don't know if this is one that you're going to like. Yeah, this uh, of this of all the ones you've picked tonight would probably be the most out there for me. Yeah, this is this is definitely it's a, definitely a, a out there, and and I will say it's yeah, it's not his audience is not everyone. It really takes, I guess, a, a just I, when I it, for me personally, when I read a work of fiction, I like I'm 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 usually in the mood for like fiction ass fiction. Oh like, yeah. Fiction that will like transport you to oh, another see, world. That that's drives me why, crazy. It's why I love Lord of the Rings. It's oh, why I love Star yeah. Wars. I want to be ta- like transported as far away from reality as I can. And Wind Up Bird Chronicle uh, is is a, a book that uh, that really did that. Um, it got me into reading Murakami. I've read almost everything he's written. Uh, he's fantastic. I, I I think he's he's an author that you kind of have to get in a mindset for. But if, once you're there. I think he gets the job done. So that's it. Wind Up Bird Chronicle by Haruki Murakami. That's awesome. Great pick. Mm-hmm. I love I love picks that are quote unquote out there. It is um, out there. And um, I'm very impressed. I will give you kudos, Matt. I think you presented a very wide range of books this evening, which I, I don't try, feel yeah. I accomplished. And that's okay because I don't read a wide range of books, uh, not as wide as you do. So uh, well done. Uh, it's going to be very tough for me to pick one. Uh, but I have a fiction book, Matt, one of the rare fiction yeah. books that okay. I I read. And this might surprise you. No, I don't know if it's surprising. Anyway, uh, I bought this book almost when it first came out. It was published back in 2010 by an author. Uh, I'd be curious to know if you know this guy. His name is Joe Hill. Joe Hill. Yes. I don't, I don't think I'm familiar. He's... Probably best known for the very successful comic series Lock and Key, if you've heard of that. He also wrote uh, Heart Shaped Boxed, uh, Nosferatu, which is 
not about Nosferatu, but that's the title. Um, I feel like I've heard of Heart Shaped Box. That was that was pretty big when it when it came out, which was a while ago, right? Uh, yeah, that was his uh, his first. I think yes. two thousand seven. I, re- I for some reason I, I do remember the, the like the, some kind of buzz around that. Yeah. yeah. Well, what he's probably known most okay. for is he Stephen King's son. Really? Yes. I, you know, it was, it was actually really funny. I was just about to say, like, he seems heavily influenced by Stephen King. Yeah. Like, I, I, just looking at some of these covers, like, it, it, it reminds me of um, of the Gunslinger saga. Yeah. And, and a lot of these. To be yeah. honest, and his books are okay. in the same, I don't want to say the same vein, because I don't think it's fair, because I do honestly think they're different authors. You're not getting Stephen King books, but... It's not like he's writing cookbooks either. I mean, they're they're in the same ballpark, the types of books. But one of the I've, actually I haven't read any of his other books. I'd like to. Uh, I just haven't gotten to it. But the one book of his I read, no idea why I bought it. Uh, but it is a book called Horns. This guy right here, uh, I in beautiful hardcover, and it is from 2010. And the sort of short synopsis you can put together this is it tells the story of Ig Parrish who in the aftermath of his girlfriend's mysterious rape and murder awakens one morning to find horns growing from his head and diabolical powers at his command Um, Wikipedia describes it as contemporary fantasy crime fiction and gothic fiction Uh, but basically it it tells the story of this gentleman he grows the horns people he he talks to want to reveal their darkest secrets to him this kind of odd power. He doesn't know why it's happening. And he uses it to sort of go on a journey through his life. The mystery of what happened to his girlfriend and how he deals with it. Um, following a lot of themes of, of redemption, not, not redemption necessarily, but coming to terms with things and a lot of twists and turns and learning about those around you who have secrets. Um, it's written exceptionally well. I thought for this type of book, I thought the, the concept was unique and what I what sort of is most memorable memorable about this to me is the book does jump around a lot where it goes way into the past back to present back to the past back to the present it reminds me of our good old friend Harlan Coben and some of these other authors who um reveal the history to you throughout the book so you're learning about it as you go through um and so it was a nice read. If this is your style of book, but you're kind of sick of reading the same Stephen King books, um, this is a nice one to pick up by Joe Hill. It was also adapted into a movie starring Daniel Radcliffe in the lead role um, back in 2013, 2014. That explains why the the copy I'm looking at on Amazon has a Daniel Radcliffe, very Daniel Radcliffe-esque uh horned character a horned daniel radcliffe on the cover a horned man okay yes yes who looks exactly. very much i was actually gonna say he looks very much like daniel radcliffe and it that is daniel radcliffe figures as to why i'm looking yeah, at it right it, now it yes yep. it's daniel radcliffe mm-hmm. um and so uh i will say on the movie i've seen the movie it's a fine movie daniel radcliffe is good in it it's a very hard book to adapt to, to screen i would argue and it doesn't do a fantastic job. If you haven't read the book, I would say don't see the movie. If you've read the book and are curious, watch the movie. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so that's that is my pick. A little okay. dark fantasy, kind of out there. Nice little mystery there. Uh, horns. All right. 
Matt, that does it. Eight books, yeah. four a piece. Now comes the I, Matt. I guarantee we'll end up doing more of these, and the we'll take from these eight books at some point in the future. Anyway, I doubt we'll only ever do two of them. But the gimmick of the episode is we each have to pick one off the other person's list that we promise we will do this summer. A full episode on each, classic book club style, and we have some great options. Matt, I'm going to make you choose first because I'm a I'm a nasty guy. Uh, but you have a great list here, Joe Hill Horns. You've got the Bill Bryson's One Summer, America 1927. You've got J. David Quo's Dot Bomb. And you have the uh, the uh, Fainaroo Brothers and their League of Denial. Yeah. Um, so I, I, let me just begin by saying I don't think you gave yourself enough credit with those <laughs> picks. I Like you, you did say that you were you were you picked in, in a in a. I guess you you said you the books that you like, but I, and it wasn't a narrow range. I think that's a pretty narrow. Well, it's all range. different subjects. They're it all is, similar types of books, I will say. And and let me also begin by like like uh, give me more I'll continue by saying that um, your uh, previous picks have been spot on. I think that we can. I mean, I'm the guy that picked of Dyson Men. Yeah, but you also I, didn't I read it before that, you picked it. I will forever wear that uh, wear that that shame. I think no, because. So no, where the shame that you didn't read it first? Because I think if you had read yeah, it, you wouldn't have suggested. Uh, I would have realized it. What, a, what a toilet paper it was. But um, we, I think we, yeah, we both had good picks. Your picks have been have been awesome in the past. So I, I know for a fact, anyone I pick here, I'm gonna definitely enjoy reading. Uh, I'll also tell you that um, two of those books that you that you mentioned, I've already ordered them. Whoa. So I think I'm gonna read them regardless whether I choose to do them for a show. I. I, I bought... Um, Don't tell me. Can I guess? Yeah, sure. I think you did, which I think are the two best out of the four. One Summer and League of Denial is my guess. Actually, it was One Summer and uh, and Dot Bomb. Dot Bomb. Dot, oh, great. The reason it was Dot Bomb was because it was, it was $2 on Kindle. Yeah, I, couldn't, okay. I couldn't pass that up. Yeah. Um, but I do plan on I do plan on ordering League of Denial for uh, and, and uh, Horns as hard copy books. So... What I'm saying is that I plan on reading all of these books sure. at some point because they are they are they are really interesting picks and and I and you the way you the way you sold them hey oh, you're, you're a very sweet oh stop sold Get them out of here. on you sold me on them but which one are you so, gonna pick so which one the question remains which one I would narrow it down to talking about on a uh, an episode of a future up for debate um I would say. I'd probably like to talk about the one that I think would be the most fun to talk about for both of us so far from, from everything that I'm looking at is horns. I'm, I'm leaning a lot. I'm leaning strongly toward horns, but, but the one that might make for the best episode is one summer. There's definitely more individual stories. To, oh, like when they talked about that. Oh, and they talked about that. It's yeah. just, we haven't done a lot of linear fiction. We really only did ready player one. Well, we did. Um, oh, and we, we did. We also did. Uh, 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 Witcher, the Witcher. Witcher. We did. We also did the that's Witcher. True. But that's even that or like kind of compartmentalized stories within the book. Right. Cause it was a collection of short stories, essentially. You know what? This is a summer reading list. Yeah. And there is, um, there's a lot to talk about. My pick for a, a conversation for we're gonna. I'm gonna pick one summer. I think that's one a good summer. pick. It's a, it's a summer reading book. It's a great book. It's a summer list. Um, and you like know, I said, 
I'll definitely be reading all the other all the other books as well. So maybe we'll we'll talk uh, on our own about those. But for an episode, one summer sounds like like the uh, the one to do. Excellent. You know, I think horns would make a great Halloween read. Indeed, and that's kind of what I was figuring is that if I read it, enjoy it, it can be a like a like a October November have a nice uh, a nice cold Oktoberfest and and talk about horns. Yeah. Yep. So. Well, good. Hey, great pick. I'll say on your books, Matt, um, we can remind the folks at home what they were. Yeah. Um, so we started with Dragon Teeth. Actually, I, I kind of expanded that to be anything by Michael Crichton. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, that was uh, up first. Then we had um, Sleep. We had the um, Why We Sleep. Why We Sleep, History of Sleep and or the Study of Sleep and Dreams by Dr. Walker. Um, we had Gotham by Edwin Burris, Gotham, a history of New York City from um, uh, it was a, it, it, I, the by, years aren't important. Yep. The And the, lastly, The Wind Up Bird Chronicles by Haruki Murakami. So here's here's my thinking going into this, right, is a great job. I, I'm genuinely and I'm not joking. I genuinely am interested in all four books and I probably will order most, if not all of them. Um, just to put them on my bookshelf so I look smart, uh, especially Gotham, where people will just be like, <laughs> "You read that? You, wow! <laughs> wow, yep, the, Sean! The whole thing did like a day. Amazing! Um, it'll look good next to my Twilight books. Uh, and so, um, but graphic novels. The the question I'm having is how much do I challenge myself? Because I think Why We Sleep is straight down my alley. That's nothing for me. That's mm. easy. But then I look at like the Wind Up Bird Chronicle and I'm like, holy shit, or God forbid Gotham. It's like, those are challenge books. They are. They're reach, they're reach books. One for themes and one for length. One is like an endurance run. The other is like an obstacle course. So I would say, Matt, I want to challenge myself. I probably will get why we sleep anyway, because that's just interesting to me. But I want to challenge myself, but I virtually guarantee I will never finish Gotham. It will take me years to get through that. Good pick. Maybe not the best for us to read it in a couple weeks and then do it on the show. I'm kind of excited. I'm going to pick the Windup Bird Chronicle. It's going to be wow. it's going to be tough. But you know what? I got to give you credit, Matt, because when you picked The Witcher, I was like roll, which I know is very different. But I was rolling my eyes. I'm like, I don't really like fiction. It's a video game book, and and I and I actually really enjoyed it. So um, I'm kind of jazzed. So I'm, we'll give it a shot. That's going to be that's going to be my pick. All right, Windup Bird that. Sean, that is the absolute last one that I honestly that I thought you were gonna pick. Me too. Uh, that was a stretch. That's why I saved it for last. I figured Wind Up Bird was a stretch, but um, I, I, you know, I, I definitely well, give you credit for going out of your comfort zone on this. What it is, and this, is, but let me be crystal clear. This is in no way a, a condemnation of you, but you picked a relatively safe book off my list, which is great. I think it's gonna make a great episode. Seriously, but I said, well, then I gotta really. I got to really pick something hard. I got to really pick something I'm going to, that's going to make me think and be different. And I am in general in life trying to reach out and try new things. So I'm very excited, but I am, we'll end up doing, and I guarantee Matt, we will talk about some of these other books later on in the show as well. So yeah, like I said, like we both are, we are shared wavelength. I think horns would make a tremendous Halloween read. So maybe we'll look for that one in the future, but, and I would love to do, um, don't get me wrong. I would love to do Gotham. I really would. Cause I, that's one we could do a presents on and do like an eight part series on or something. We absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then there's the sequel. <laughs> God, could you imagine, could you imagine like as a gift getting someone like when he writes like five of these books <laughs> yeah. and it's like 5,000 page, it's like an encyclopedia set. 
you have to like, bring who in the, is like this a, for just wrap up a briefcase with them packed inside it <laughs> they'll have to deliver it on a freight truck <laughs> yes um, um very cool matt so i i like that uh you know i i like that we both picked the summeriest of the summer books because my book takes place in the summertime yours has summer right in the title so yeah it, it should be uh it should be interesting well, this is going to be fun. I'm literally adding these several of these books to my uh, Amazon cart right now. Um, and so I can keep filling out my bookcase. So this will be a lot of fun. Um, all right. Well, that's it. We've done it. Got to wrap it up here. Oh. Another episode in the bag. We're really rolling. Uh, so something I I, uh, I just had a fond memory of. I don't yeah. know if you if I want to see. Maybe we'll end the show. Did you have the same experience, Sean? Did your local pizza hut ever do a summer book list club no oh so man. we did book it which okay. was different and what my local book it? book it was where at school if you read enough books you would get a free personal pan pizza that's what it is okay so it oh, wasn't okay. through pizza hut it was no, actually no, it was I think through it was pizza hut pizza hut provided the pizza but they didn't run the competition no it was just like your teachers just had to like sign off that you had or your parents had to sign off you read enough books so I, yeah we i had to go to my local library and the librarian yeah. would sign off on it okay okay and yeah. you had to it was like 10 books if you read 10 books in the summer and you got you got a, pan, a personal pan pizza yes you did you got a coupon okay, cool. um for a pizza it, it by the way still exists um oh. i wonder if we tried that now yeah, you just set a re- – so actually they have a page for teachers, Matt, and they say uh, set a reading goal for each child in your class. When they meet their monthly goal, you get to rec- recognize them for uh, and a coupon for free one-topping personal pan pizza. And you can set goals based on number of minutes, number of pages, number of books, hmm. whatever. That's good. If I taught English, I would absolutely be on board. I don't know I how excited this. high schoolers are to get personal pan pizza. But you know what? It's food and they don't have to spend money on it. So the, it's, they'll probably – They'll probably eat it. So, oh look, they have printables and activities, all Pizza mm-hmm. Hut branded. This is a treat. <laughs> um, but anyway. uh, yeah, I just I remember stickers and getting a certain amount of stickers, and yep. then if you did it, you got a free pizza. See, I thought you were going to reference my local library. Did a, every summer did a summer reading program where you had to read. Well, there wasn't really a limit to how many books you could read, but you would write down every book you read, and you would get rewarded based on how many books you read and you mm. try and be the kid who read the most books and i my mother used to get really mad at me because we would go to the library and get like a tote bag full of books and like two days later i've had read all of them <laughs> she would get very annoyed she's like slow down nice speed reading sean oh, still am. and then the one it's day he habit. picked up gotham and he said uh, not gonna happen this is why i can read books read. multiple times i read them so fast i miss stuff and that's like oh i missed that the first time yeah, see, I, I never got that. I, I'm one of the more like I, I like to savor books. I wish I was more of a speed reader, but well, this I is like why to, I was like, a bad I really student. Take my time on the books, but it, maybe that I wouldn't have so much of a backlog, you know, of if I if I was a little bit of a speed reader, but never was. Eh. Always was just I gotta it's gotta read it till I understand it. If I don't understand it, it's that was my problem with Johnny Tremaine. You ever read Johnny Tremaine? That was a slog of a summer reading book we had to read one year in school and and i remember just getting to the bottom of the page and being like what what happened and then i'd have to read the page again for me it was uh i specifically remember east of eden which i loved actually which is a a rare like ap english book i actually liked but that book's long 
Mm. That book is chunky. Isn't that about like the antebellum South or something? No. Or not antebellum South, but like... No, but the, I'm thinking of good and evil in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. East That's of Eden, the gimmick at Steinbeck, the gimmick is that it follows uh, like multi-generations of families. Midnight of two in families. the Garden of Good and Evil. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, but he's thinking it's a good book. So. Uh, Matt, we're a little bit over on time, but it's our show yeah. and we can do that. Uh, we te- <laughs> teased at the beginning, so we should do it. You have a, one or two audiobook recommendations you might want to share of, of audiobooks you, that stood out to you that were good because they were audiobooks? I can go first if you want a minute to think about it. So I actually, I, I like, I like mysteries on audiobook. Um, I, I've read many, Har- our, our, our mutual friend, Harlan Coben. Oh, okay. Uh, who I hope is listening right now. <laughs> Uh, I've, I've I've listened to many of his books on audiobook, and I, I can't recommend enough. Uh, uh, his books are great on audiobook. Um, the person gets the tone and the the right the uh, right way to say things down. Any Harlan Coben book, excellent. Um, I like the actually the Star Wars books are very well done, very masterfully done. They add sound effects. They add. Um, not the older ones. The older ones that were taken directly from audiobooks suck, because the the reader is. It's very clear the reader is the reader that, I, from what I've experienced, has never seen Star Wars and doesn't know what any of the characters sound like. Oh yeah, bad, very bad. He tries to make Han Solo sound like a like a twenties gangster. Okay, Luke, that does sound kind of cool. Luke sounds a little bit like a like a like a like a farm boy, like a uh, golly Williger. Like no. He, he just does not – he has never seen the movies. But the more recent Star Wars books, very good. Good sound effects. They add music. They add um, lots of cool things to it. So any, any of the contemporary Star Wars books, totally recommend, along with mystery books like Harlan Coben. Those have been – for me, those have been my best experiences with, with Audible so far. Nice. Very cool. Um, I haven't done a ton of audiobooks. Uh, a set that specifically stood out to me. I like books that are read by the authors when they're nonfiction books. And um, was it Tina Fey's book, Bossy Pants, which is a very good book. She narrates. She does a really great job. But I really huge shout out to Anthony Bourdain. Oh yes, I think I, was, I recommended I was this just to you. Say that. Yeah, I believe you did. Kitchen yeah. Confidential and then Medium Raw, which was the follow-up to that. He is so good in reading this, and you really feel like yes. you're hearing – It's it, it doesn't sound like he's reading a book. It sounds like he's telling you the stories. Spot on. Yeah, no, I, I – have you read it? Did you read his uh, Christmas one? No, he Christmas, a Christmas one? Yes, it's it's a short one. It's like an hour and a half or something, but it's more like a uh, – it's a short story that he wrote about like a chef on Christmas. Oh, that's fun. Uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. I uh, love love Anthony Bourdain. Love his uh, his loved his shows. Yeah, he does a fantastic job narrating too. So yeah, yeah. So that's a no brainer for me. Yeah. Cool. cool. Alrighty. Well, yeah. I feel better now that we uh, we covered that a little bit, but we actually sure. do have to wrap up here because we've been here quite a while. I've, right. I've got to go buy some books. Um, and I hope everyone out there joins us as well. We'll be coming. I highly doubt we'll do one next week because we need some time to get the books and read the books, but. Stay tuned all summer long as we do these two books, and who knows, maybe even more on top of that. It's going to be an awesome summer ahead. Uh, of course, our website is upfordebate.tv. You can go there and get all the things. I won't do the whole spiel because you've heard it all before, but go there, click the subscribe button, find out where you can subscribe to the show, and you can also email us up for debate 
tv at gmail.com if you want more book picks from us matt i'm sure we both have more we can give um, oh yeah we can expand on or if you have uh, book, could, yeah. book suggestions of your own you want us to read i'd love to hear that i'd love for people to suggest books that neither of us have read definitely i love reading that uh, reading a, is fundamental that's right uh and you can tweet at us up for debate tv on twitter and of course follow the, the movie league continues on as well uh for debate.tv slash movies track that as we head towards an exciting conclusion there matt we're gonna wrap up here on behalf of matt i'm sean thanks everybody for joining us we'll see you next time on another edition of up for debate This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.